and Lex. Two imperfect six-figure business coaches, co-founders, and friends who decided to combine our superpowers to bring to market something we wish we had when we entered the world of coaching. A real non-BS, intimate, and fun community built with integrity, intention, and a few glasses of wine. In this podcast, we get real. Real about life. Business. Relationships and what it really takes to find your version of success in the world of coaching. Are you ready, Lex? I'm set, Em. Let's coach. Hello, hello. Hi, Lex. Good to see your face. Good to see your face. You're also seeing Ashlyn's face. I know you guys can't see this, but little munchkin is sitting next to me. So we'll see how she does today and being quiet. (laughs) I mean, I have to say like, this is the beauty of being our own bosses and being able to like, have these accommodations. Lex is literally like finger in the pacifier, holding it in baby's mouth, hoping that it stays in baby's mouth. But I remember, I don't know, Lex, your mom, your mom had her own business for a bit, right? My dad had his own business. My mom did not know. My mom had her own business and she worked from her home. And when I answered line two, which was the business line, she would lose her shit on us. Like she would be so (laughs) upset because that was the professional line. And she couldn't let people know that she worked from home because she wouldn't be legitimate if she worked from home and blah, blah, blah. So I'm really grateful that that stigma is gone. I, so my, uh, our home phone was plastered everywhere. And so my dad had a construction company and, oh, now we're grabbing the mic is Ashlyn. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we have a future podcaster, but anyways, (laughs) our home phone was the only business phone. Um, so I'd, I was, told to answer at Olsen Brothers Excavating. So ever since <laughs> like whatever you let a kid answer the phone five. Hello, Olsen Brothers Excavating. How <laughs> I remember one time I answered the phone and it was her manufacturer. My mom designed menu covers for hotels and for restaurants, like beautiful leather oh, cool. menu covers. Yeah. Really cool. Really great. Like luxury hotels had them like the Bel Air, Four Seasons. Um, It was a a great introduction to luxury hotels, which has spoiled me for the rest of my life, but I digress. And her manufacturer called and was like, "Uh, where's your mother? And she was meditating. I don't know if she was meditating or more than, I don't know what she was doing. Your mom or their mom? My mom, my mom. mom. So my mom had said, and sarcasm doesn't work when you're five guys, like just note to self, I was, I followed rules so directly at this point in my life, not so much later, but so she was like, can you man the phones for me? And so I manned the phones and I just waited until a phone call arrived and it arrived and I answered it and I said, Packer Design, how may I help you? And they're like, where's your mother? And I was like, she's meditating. <laughs> how did you even know that word? Cause did she tell you to say that? Tell yeah. Her? She okay. was like with my dad meditating, which I don't know if meditating was oh, cool something okay. else. Being very slow right now. I'm getting this. I'm seeing what she did there. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mom yeah. hack meditating. <laughs> Everyone's meditating. Leave me alone. I need silence to meditate. Mm-hmm. Oh I'm having all these flashbacks. Remember phone books and oh, yeah. remember star, was it 67 or Oh, star six, seven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Star six, seven, or, you know, calling. Did you, is your refrigerator broken? Did you ever do prank calls? I definitely did prank calls. Oh yeah. And I had a friend whose dad was, he worked 
he ultimately ended up working for as a secret service for president clinton but before that i think he was like part of the fbi or something so she we did the prank calls from her house to the police department which went really well with her dad oh so smart that's a good one um you know speaking of phone books and phone calls really reminds me of is your refrigerator broken aka salespeople making cold calls right wow. like where the no come on that's good <laughs> sales like besides doormen going door to door what was okay. the next evolution of selling it was cold calling and mm-hmm. to some extent it exists today so what we're going to talk about today is how to sell with confidence as a coach I think that was a, like a little bit of a rough transition, but I'm okay. I'm a, I'll take it. I'm I'm solidly standing standing by it this time. I've had worse. Standing by it. <laughs> no, you you crush it. You always crush it. So so we're going to talk about how to sell with confidence as a coach. So, so- <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Lex? Okay. How do we sell with confidence? So there are some steps that we want to go through today, and the very first step is to own your approach, meaning you're going to speak to a million different people who give you a lot of different opinion on sales. There are different ways to sell and different ways of selling can work. It all depends on the person who is selling. So the first step is to get clear on how you sell best. There are really kind of three main ways in the coaching business that we stylistically have seen coaches sell. Um, One is high pressure sales. This is really get them to close now, get them to hand over their credit card on the phone today, right? There's low pressure sales, which, you know, leading with connection and value, offering the sale, it might take more of the long game. And then there's outsourcing sales, meaning having a team to pre-vet and sell on your behalf. And which of those is your style? I was about to ask you that question. Uh, Definitely the low pressure sales. I am one of those people that when it's like the high pressure you have to buy now, I feel it it doesn't work for me. I feel a lot of resentment. I feel like caged. Same thing with, and I think we differ on this in terms of following up. I definitely will follow up with a, a prospective client, but I also am such a believer if like someone wants to work with me they're going to work with me and they're I don't have to chase them and it's kind of like dating for me like I don't want to convince someone that I am worth dating I want them to know that I'm a good fit to be in a relationship with whether you know romantically or on the coaching side so the high pressure and like farming it out to someone else usually isn't very effective for me and so because of that I don't sell in that that way how about you, Lex? Yeah. Well, and I think you just nailed the nail on the head, hit the nail on the head with that's your approach. And that's the whole point of this is you own, you can own your approach similar to you. I'm not high pressure sales. I, it's just not, doesn't come naturally to me. It doesn't feel good to me. I'm not good at it. Um, I am pro follow-up just simply because I have closed many sales in follow-up. I also need to be personally followed up um, Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, So we'll talk about follow-ups a little bit more later. But again, of those three kind of high pressure, low pressure, or outbound sales, um, both Emily and I are more team lead with connection value, offer the sale, but ultimately we're okay with playing the long game. 
And I'm okay also if they just got so much value out of 30 minutes of talking to me and I'm not the right fit for them. I've also had people come around years later, which is wild. Like I gave them a little bit of value many years ago. And then when the time was right for them, they're like, pay in full. I want to work with you. Bada bing, bada boom. So yeah. um, it doesn't always take long. It also, by the way, taking that approach can result in a same day sale. It's just understanding you know, your style. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of step one, right? Owning your approach. What is step two, Em? It's definitely shifting your mindset and word swapping. I think I actually had this conversation with my mom the other day because I was back in call. I was back at my alma mater and I was meeting with the old sorority I was a part of. And I was, it dawned on me how much sorority uh, rushing was very much like a sales process but I didn't think of it as a sales process back then. It was just like, I was very excited about the product, which was the sorority I was in and getting new clients to engage in said product, which was new members to join our sorority. And so I was telling my mom this like realization and aha. And she's like, you know, you are selling every single day of your life in different capacities from like applying to get into a college or, you know, applying for a job interview, you're selling yourself and you're selling you're selling something, be it yourself or your skills or your experience. So I think when you think about like how much experience you have in selling, it really, it helps you with that shift in your mindset that it's not selling. It's really just like inviting people to join your orbit, to join your world in some capacity and be really excited to share whatever it is that you want to share with this person and give them opportunity to to taste who you are. Taste who you are. No, I think that's fantastic advice. Um, something you guys can can try playing with is a literal word swap. So Emily shared one, right? Yeah. Inviting. Instead of thinking of it as selling, are you inviting someone to join you? Another one is informing someone of an opportunity they might benefit from. It could be sharing a solution to someone's problem so they know it exists should they feel called to engage. And another one, discussing whether or not this is the right next step for someone. So again, we just did a simple word swap and a mindset shift to take away that word, which too far too many people get hung up on. So many, I think literally that's one of our number, number one things and pain points people come to us. They're like, Ooh, I don't want to be perceived as too salesy. I don't want to, I don't want my Instagram to be selling. And so to your point, Lex, with all of those things is like, use your Instagram or use your marketing materials as an opportunity to, to inform and to educate and let that person make that decision. If they like the information they're being educated on and come to you. Um, but oftentimes we're like, oh, every post has to be sell, 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 do, 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 buy, buy, buy. But really the, all, most of the clients I've had it's because a post resonated and I I provided value to them that was relevant to where they are in their life. If you're an ambitious professional, consultant, or business owner who is feeling called to do more, be more, or make more, we'd like to invite you to learn more about Ready, Set, Coach. Do you feel called to create change, help others, and do something outside of your day-to-day that generates true impact? While you may or may not be content with your day job or existing business, do you feel called to dip your toes into something more? 
Whether it's tapping into another zone of genius or the side hustle is calling your name, are you ready to explore what being more would look like? Do you feel like your business or career is leaving money on the table or you're looking to launch a new revenue stream or side hustle? Turning your expertise into a coaching revenue stream or side hustle is rewarding, impactful, and a great business model. It's the triple threat, multi-billion dollar industry that perhaps you've been looking for this whole time. If you want to explore more on how to add a coaching revenue stream into your life, we invite you to explore our website, readysetcoachprogram.com. Applications are now open for our 2023 cohort. So couldn't, so. Agree, <laughs> couldn't agree more. The next step, guys, um, to move past really the anxiety is to knowledge up. Here's what we mean. I think it's just knowing your offer from the inside out and not finding yourself fumbling to remember many of the X's or how many of the Y's is included in your package and understanding the transformation. The more important than knowing the detail for your program, it's knowing the ultimate end transformation you will be providing as a coach. So in that, I always love using examples so or testimonials. If you see similarities with this person, you're on a sales call and you see it with a of similarity with a past client, paint that future for them, paint that picture of what they can expect and look like. Like if they were both photographers, if you had one client who went from a photographer to a coach and then left the, the camera behind, and this person wants the same thing, like paint how it went for that individual and how she's doing as a coach, because they'll really be able to then see the reality of what that transformation looks like. And Lex, I'm sorry, I, you know me, I love a good metaphor of some sort. So I always like to think about um, taking a trip. Like if we're going to Jamaica, you don't want to really know about the Uber ride with the bad air freshener on the way to the airport or the TSA line and all of the like little details in between. You want to know about the beach of Jamaica. You want to know that feeling of the sand in between your toes or like the warm water against your skin. You want to know about the, the, the end result. And so a lot of times when selling, a lot of people will get really hung up on like the nitty gritty of things, which I'm not saying are not important. You should know them and you should know them forwards and backwards, but you should also really, really be able to focus your energy on the transformation. Like I want to know by working with you, I am going to be paid to be a speaker at least once a year. And you're going to help me fine tune my, uh, my paid pitch. And you're going to help me like ace my presentation. I don't want to know that we meet once a week and it's 1.2 hours and it's Da, 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 da. I just want to know like, what, what are the results that I'm going to get from it? So that's my biggest takeaway with knowledge, the knowledge beforehand. Do you have anything to add to that, Lex? A couple things you can do ahead of time is preset or predetermined, pre-write a key set of discovery questions. A big part of sales is listening, which we'll talk to a little bit later, but have these ready to go. Research who you're talking to ahead of time, if possible. And flat out practice handling objections. In sales, you are going to get people with objections. Most common ones are price and time. So go ahead and do some mock sales calls with a friend, you know, with your baby sitting on your lap crawling on you right now. And, and just practice how you'll maneuver those ahead of time. Those are some things that will really, really help.
And I think it's interesting with pricing or objections, like some things to, or objections about pricing or time, some things to consider could be like, if they commit a few months before your program actually starts, can you offer extended payment plans or can you um, start like one-on-one -on -one coaching with them before the program is actually beginning. I think that's always the trickiest part if your program's starting at a timeline that's not conducive to when you're having the conversations. How can you still make it relevant and desirable to that individual while also serving your boundaries and respecting your time, but giving them a sense of belonging and, and an opportunity to jump in um, ahead of the game? Ultimately, guys, knowledge is power and arming yourself with such is going to make you a heck of a lot more confident. So speaking of confidence, our fourth step for you is to know and own your authority. So one actionable thing that we encourage everyone to do, if you haven't, do that and then sit down and bullet point out all the things that make you credible and give you authority to coach clients on a topic and read that list prior to any sales call. Hype yourself up, right? Yeah, I think that's such a great reminder. We're, we can get the jitters, the pre-call jitters, but we forget that we're on this call for a reason because this person thinks that you're an authority in this topic. And if you need a reminder of that, do just that. I love the, the writing out your authority list or remembering that you were in Forbes or that you hosted a 200 plus person experience or whatever the problem is, like just write it down. So you, you know, what you, um, what you're all good about, you know, you know, what it reminds me of, um, I don't know if you did this. I know cause you did rowing, but for <laughs> why do you say rowing like that? <laughs> because I don't know if this is this thing you'll actually, I'll, I'll learn something new in a second. I know for pregame of basketball and soccer, we had a soundtrack that we warmed up to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Rowing's on the water. So I don't like, do you have like a pre Pet, like uh, pump up music situation. Well, the dolphins would jump up next to us and they would usually just sing and serenade us with, with like what was on their mind. Got it. Okay. See, you learn something new every day, but basically guys, like it's okay. You never underestimate the power of a pep talk. Um, now once you've pepped yourself up, you've all knowledge yourself up, right? Next is to release expectations. And what do we mean by that? M? So releasing expectations could, I think a lot of people put like so many eggs in their baskets, basically in one basket and all of the baskets for this sales call to happen. So this client needs to happen and your entire life will shift if this person joins my group. And the reality is there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of sales calls that you meet that don't end up joining your program or working with you one-on-one. -on -one. And so releasing that expectation your energy is going to shift if like you're doing them a privilege to invite them to their part, to your party. And don't, if they say no, and they decide to go to a different party, that's on them. And you have to be okay with that. There is, it is game changing. If you listen to our episode on signing high ticket clients, the energy shift that happens and that can come across in a sales call when you release the expectation on yourself to need to close this client really just go into the call as a conversation, as discovery, as equally vetting them as they are to you. I was just on a sales call yesterday. Um, and the gal 
said it's for another client and helping them onboard just a bit context for a website and the pricing quote just so you guys know because it was wild we got quoted $150,000 for a website okay so they're real players but what she said at the end of the call that I respected was she's like I'm going to take this back to my team and get back to you if this is something we're excited about and want to take on she was vetting me on that call just as much as I was vetting her. And that came across. Like I didn't doubt, I mean, 150K for websites a lot, but like she kind of, and she didn't make me doubt it. Like the energy, the way she presented it was. Um, it was exclusive too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Like I love, I love that she said that because I think there is something that a lot of times you can salivate over like the opportunity for a client. You're like, wow, this would be great. This, the money would be awesome. Don't operate from a place of money. I operate from a place of how does it feel to you? Do you really think you can help this client? Do you really think you can show them that transformation? And that's something that Lex and I really, really, we like take seriously when we talk about a client, if we can't help them, we, we don't necessarily think we're the best fit. We might send them in a different direction and we have to be really clear of like, what are the results that we want them to see by working with us? And if they want something that we can't give them, we have to bless and release them into the universe into someone else's arms. And how do you know if they're a good fit? You do that by step number six. And this probably, in my opinion, is the biggest key to successful sales. You need to listen more. Mm -hmm. And there's so many learnings through sales calls that you will have over time. There'll be things that pop up that things people want. They're like, I want $500,000 in five months. And you're like, okay, I don't know if I'm the right person for you because I don't know if that's a reality I can deliver. Try, try the, the angel down the street or something like that. Like try someone else, but listening and asking questions and really delving into like what their challenges are and also seeing how they are, if they're coachable on that call. I think that's a really interesting indicator to see how they will be working with you one-on-one -on -one or in a program. So if they're like taking notes and really feel like this is new information, that's great. I think it's really hard. And I think Lex and I have both worked with this type of client before. Who's like, I've tried everything. Nothing works. And you're like, well, I'm not going to give you any, any advice or any guidance that's different than you've heard than what you've heard. Most likely if you have tried everything and nothing works. Yeah. It's so indicative of the type of client they are of, if you guys are compatible, it also will give you exactly the language you need to help close the sale. One specific question we really encourage you to ask is what is your challenge and take mm -hmm. notes on what that challenge is. Cause then when you reframe it back to them in a sales call, you can say my program or my coaching solves literally then insert their challenge. And I do this through X, Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, think of it as truly a discovery call, which is why in the knowledge up section, we are talking about, you can predetermine questions that will help you better understand if they are a right fit for you and your program. Mm, I can't agree more. And then Lex, how do we get there? Like, sure. Yeah. Sales calls sound nice and such, but like, how do, how do I get good at them? Oh my God. So I'm about to like blow everyone's mind. <laughs> Ready? This is yeah. a game changing, unexpected thing you're ever going to hear. 
practice, practice, practice. Bad recording. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, but like all things in life, sales takes practice, right? Your first sales call is going to be, you're going to be nervous. I remember I had a sales script I literally had in front of me for every single sales call. I don't do that anymore. The only difference between now and then is a heck of a lot of sales call in between. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Have a sales script. When I first started, I was shaking. I've told you about this, about getting my first client. I had the sales script. I had my numbers written down. I had all of my T's and I's dotted so I could speak to them accordingly. And I think that's really, really important for you to have, especially if it's a way for you to leverage figuring out what you're selling and your style. And the more you say it, the less you'll need the script, but it is the fact that we are selling virtually or selling on the phone might be a a nice way for you to sell as well. If you're intimidated by the, the face-to-face element of it, you can have that script open. And the more you reference it, the more you get familiar with the numbers and the details and the less you have to use it. So I am so with you, Lex. I think practice is everything. And I also challenge you, you know, practice inviting people just throughout your day. Like, can you invite someone to something small, like an event and practice inviting people to your house for dinner, whatever it may be, but also get, get used to rejection, practice hearing no. And when the more you hear no and no, doesn't like destroy your life and ruin your day and turn you into Ben and Jerry's eating human, the more you're going to be able to move on and the next client will come into your life. So that's your first challenge. Here's your homework. We have two options here. Number one, re-listen to this episode and do it this time with pen and paper because there were so many actionable things that we just gave to you. Option two, we're going to include a blog post in our show notes where we rounded up these seven different ways you can sell with confidence. Pop open that blog post, read through it, and make sure you're doing all these things. Fill in the holes. You know, do you have, have you knowledged up? Have you really owned your own approach? You know, have you practiced enough? Um, So again, feel free to listen to us one more time or check the show notes for that blog post. I'm going to add one more piece to that, Lex, too. I think it's finding someone that you can practice on. You can practice with like an accountability buddy. You can practice with a fellow coach. I mean, what I love the most about Uh, ready, set coach is we give people accountability buddies. So they have the opportunity that when we go into the sales portion of our program, they're able to practice their scripts. They're able to get feedback from each other of like the way their face maybe gave too much away or felt a little too overexcitable. So find someone that you trust that you could run this by. Yep. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who dealt with the baby coos in the background of today's episode, another making it work moment brought to you by Ready, Set, Coach. But in all honesty, um, yeah, we, we hope you have a fantastic day and can't wait to hear about all your successful conversations and invitations that you have with your clients. See you the next time on Ready, Set, Coach, the podcast. If you're enjoying the Ready, Set, Coach podcast, please leave a review wherever you are listening. For more information about Ready, Set, Coach, visit readysetcoachprogram.com.